Velvet. I'm Rachel. JJ. I'm JJ. And this week we are going to be talking about our testimonies. I know we are both extremely, one, excited and two, extremely nervous because vulnerability. I mean, who doesn't have a crazy testimony? <laughs> I mean, I'm 20, about to be 21, and uh, learned a lot of life lessons within these past like six months. So it's going to be exciting. So exciting. I'm ready to peel back some layers um, for both of us. So, yeah, and just to give a little bit of a backstory, again, of our friendship, if you didn't, like, get the first spiel of it, basically, we met, like, what, eight months ago, six to eight months ago, yep. Chick-fil-A, we both worked there, and uh, she just hit me up one day and was like, yo, you want to get coffee? And I'm like, I don't know you, but I like coffee, let's go get some <laughs> coffee. So we went, and two white girls getting some coffee, and... We just kind of hit it off. <laughs> and I just want to preface by saying, when she, I started, was working there before she did. And when I saw her, I was like, she seems really cool. And the Lord was like, you're going to be friends with her. And I was like, I just met her. What are you talking about? And he was like, remember that podcast that I wanted you to start? You're going to start it with her. And I was like, there's, no, absolutely not. And then finally he was like, you need to go talk to her. And I did. And I brought it up during coffee and I was like, this might sound crazy. I know we literally just met like an hour ago, but what are your thoughts on starting a podcast? And here we are a year later. Yeah. God is so good. I just want to point that out there. If he puts something in your heart, just trust him. Take, go in the deep end with Whoa. it. He will provide. Um, because our friendship, this is probably the closest friend I've ever had in my life. And it's only been eight months. So it's been, and like this whole, I've been wanting to do a podcast for a long, long time. But whenever I start, wanted to like first start a podcast, I was just starting the season of life that would make the podcast more Effective. It's like I hadn't gone through half the stuff that I was about to go through. <laughs> and um, so how I ended up at Chick-fil-A is the whole story. And I'll probably go into that later on in the video. But let's just say I did not want to be there. That was the last place on earth that I wanted to be. I did not want to be in fast food. I hated anything that had to do with fast food because I was a manager at a previous fast food restaurant. And I was like, screw it. I'm done. I'd rather <coughs> work at like a garbage, whatever they're called, like the dump versus a fast food restaurant so but we'll get into all that good stuff but uh what she said it's true whenever god gives you the nudge he's not giving it to you just to annoy you it's because he's like i got a plan for you and it's to prosper you here jeremiah 29 13 <laughs> so uh would you like to go first or do you want me to sure go sure okay. hit me so <laughs> this is how we're kind of gonna do it because instead of just doing like bullet points of like I'm Rachel, and at the age of five, I started kindergarten. Then at the age of six, you know. Now we're gonna, I'm gonna ask her questions, and then she's going to kind of tell the backstory of that question, and then continue on from there. So first off, Rachel, um, if you guys don't know, Rachel is engaged, and I guess I should let you speak on that. But yes, that'll be a, a huge part of my testimony. That would be a big part. Yeah. But my question is. Well, first off, how old are you? I'm 22. She's 22. And you were in school for what? Exercise science. I'm going to be an athletic trainer. So basically, I'm the girl with the cute fanny pack and khaki shorts that goes out when someone gets injured. So <laughs> it's, it's a much cute. more complex. But <laughs> <laughs> cute, yeah. And um, so 
tell me what life was like before you met Colin, before you met the love of your life, before you were even capable to even say that you were girlfriend material. Like, what did that life look like? Okay, so, heavy question. Um, I accepted Lord as my savior when I was eight years old, and I grew up in a Christian household, which I am so blessed to have known Jesus my entire life. That is one of the biggest blessings that I will cherish forever. Um, But I accepted him when I was eight years old in my basement. I did the cute little eight-year-old prayer. And I would say from ages like eight to 15, I was super on fire for the Lord. There wasn't much going on. Um, I was going to, that's where I met my best friends at my first hometown church. And I was going to Wednesday night small group with them. We would hang out during the week. I was reading my Bible regularly. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And just going to youth group. And at age 12, I started serving in the kids ministry, which is where I found a passion for teaching and speaking. I think that was probably the start of where um, that was practice for this. So I've been serving since I was 12 years old. I'm coming up on 11 years of serving in the kids' ministry, actually. So that's pretty cool. That takes guts. Yeah, <laughs> God is good, and kids are crazy, but I love them. Um, so I would say from ages like 8 to 15, um, nothing crazy. Just really working through who God is from a kid's standpoint, because he calls us to come to him like a child. And it's, it was really cool to actually be a child and go to him. Um, but when I got to high school, that's when I became very self-aware of who I was around and what was considered cool. And I think from ninth grade up, I became extremely insecure. And that's when kind of the devil saw I was vulnerable and took advantage of it. So that was your Adam and Eve eating of the apple kind of point? Yeah. Um I remember very vividly there was that was the first time I had really known like I never had a guy like me up until that point I maybe had one church guy that liked me but that was strictly like I was like I see him as a friend Uh, whatever um but that's when guys started taking interest in me and I was more I was more worried about what other people thought was cool than what God thought was cool Mm, so but, uh, let's emphasize on that. You, <laughs> you were more interested in what the world or like your school thought was cool versus what God thought was cool. And yes. I think that's so relatable to think about because there's this thing called peer pressure and everyone is like, oh, just say no, just say no. Well, they forget to tell you that if you say no, you're going to lose this amount of friends. You're going to be prosecuted. If you say no, you're going to be prosecuted. In other words, you're going to be talked about. And who doesn't, who likes to be talked about? Badly, at least. Um, And so all you want is just that acceptance and that, like, that want of fitting in. So, you know, you'll go out with guys that you shouldn't. Or you'll smoke the pot that you shouldn't <laughs> you would take one or two too many my cards that you shouldn't be doing I mean it's just unfortunately what you said is true you you start emphasizing on oh well that looks cool to the world I know God doesn't say it's cool but like 
it still looks kind of cool, kind of fun. So continue. And I, I want to emphasize too that I said no to a lot of things and got persecuted or talked about, but I'm so glad I said no to those things. There are things that I said yes to that I wish I didn't. So senior year, I, okay, sorry. Junior year, I had taken a summer trip with one of my best friends and I met her second cousin who I ended up falling in love with. Long story short, we went on like a two and a half year situationship which no one i do not recommend the situationship it sucks it again it looks really appetizing from the get-go but it just leads you down a really dark path um but long story short uh, we went back and forth for like two and a half years and i it crushed my trust in anybody not just guys in friendships in relationships with my parents it trust in a whole it, it bled into everything. That relationship started and ended within the first month of me going to college. And let's just say anxiety, depression, and the excitement of being away from home and my family and having total freedom got the best of me. And I made choices and made friends that probably were not the best for me. I was having two or three panic attacks every month like full-on like physical I can't hear I can't breathe I can't think I anxiety just got the best of me and I didn't know this at the time um I had always had the suck it up buttercup mentality but I was like very depressed for the first probably two years of college um so going into to, to wrap it up essentially I had let what the enemy started as well if you want to have fun and have friends you need to say yes to this one small thing but it's this one small thing it mm. won't turn into anything else turned into me drinking every other day and um making decisions that i'm not proud of and it was I, the devil had convinced me I was so far gone that I wasn't worthy of God's love anymore and that I wasn't worthy of anybody's love except the bottle. So that is probably post or pre-Colin and it started from a small white lie from the enemy that bled into utter destruction um, of my soul, not just my physical body because I did some damage to my physical body too. <laughs> so... Yeah, and just to emphasize, so like you were raised in a church group, and a church you had all the Bible background. Oh yeah, all, 100%. all that good stuff. And I say Bible background because it 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 becomes a background until you actually shine light on it. Um, and you still felt the temptation and the pressure and everything from the world, even though you had the shield of church girl. If anything, you were probably attacked even more because you had that identity of being the church girl. Oh, 100%. And it, the devil hit hard. And again, I just I just hit a place where I was like, I'm not, I'm not worthy. I didn't touch my Bible for probably a good year and a half. I didn't go to church. Um, I stopped serving. Like, I, I looked in the mirror one day and I didn't recognize who I was anymore. Ooh. And I think that was my turning point for sure. COVID was probably one of the biggest blessings for me, which will probably be in the next question, but it, yeah, pre-COVID was a blessing. I, looking back on it now, 
it was a huge blessing because I wouldn't be where I am today without that Rachel, but learning to accept that Rachel and for God to rescue that Rachel was, and being her sucked at the time. So I just want to say that that verse, the parable where it talks about where your foundation is built on, really matters because I had built a faith that was on sand and when that hurricane came, it came in hard and I crashed. But I also want to emphasize I was rescued. I was always rescued. God was with me the whole time. And um, Isaiah 53, just read that, and that is my testimony. Um, he came back with abundant compassion, and I get yeah, very emotional talking about it because I don't deserve that kind of love. But everybody, he, he did it for everybody. So, yeah, to answer your question, that I was uh, a little white lie, turn, or a small white lie turned into a giant, like, it was a virus that spread very quickly over years, so... Yeah, no. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there, but we're gonna go to the next question. Um, were you living a relate? Were you living a religious life or a relationship lifestyle with God? Um, I'm gonna say let's let's answer this pre-COVID. Were you living a religious lifestyle or were you living a relationship with God? You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I definitely, I, for one, I was very living a religious lifestyle, but I thought I had a relationship. There it is. So, there it is. that's, yeah. Because I, a lot of people are like, a lot of people build their foundation on sand. I'm one of those people, my foundation was built off of the whitest of sand ever. I mean, it was so grainy, like it, it did not hold very far my hurricane. <laughs> But it, the question is, how do you know if your foundation is built on sand? How do you know, how do you, how do you build a foundation on rock and not sand whenever the church is the same everywhere you go? And I think what happens is this question, well, are you living it religiously or are you living it with a relationship? Because religion is serving since you were allowed to serve, going, not skipping a Sunday, um, you know, make sure that you wake up and you say, Lord, thank you for waking me up. That's it. Um, you know, <laughs> all these different things. Uh, Lord, thank you for this food. Allowed to nourish my body. Amen. You know, eat up, eat up, eat up, eat up, eat up. So, but like the, so that was like the religion. But then the relationship is where the roots start growing. The relationship is where the rock starts forming beneath your foundation. Um, think about it as... A relationship that goes even deeper than like your best friend like with Rachel I can tell her just about anything and everything and you know she would probably judge me but then she would love me and it's just like that's just like what a relationship is with God can you tell him everything and every like anything without putting on this face of being uh, the perfect church girl um, that's kind of a huge part of my testimony which we'll go into but so for you, Rachel, it was definitely a religion that you thought was a relationship because it's all you ever knew how to do. So tell me about how did you go from living a religion to a relationship within like that COVID time period? So I love, I've been doing a deep dive into the minor prophets of the Old Testament. And a common theme that I've seen throughout is Israel's doing so good. 
and then they fail. And God just doesn't go, I'm going to fix one thing. He completely eradicates, like destroys. There is no middle ground with God. Absolutely not. So he either completely destroys and redoes or like there's no if, ands, or there's no me. It's yes or no. Like your guesses be yeses and your nose be nose. And I think the only way that I could go from sand to rock was for God to rock my house like that. Woo! So he said, be gone. He literally took a, like Carrie Underwood said, a sledgehammer to um, my windshield, man. It totally wrecked my car um, and my fate. I think, and again, this is why I'm so thankful for what I went through because I wasn't able to fully see the effect like I wasn't able to fully understand or fully accept his love without having going through that and I don't I always tell JJ this too I wish that on nobody like I pray that you do not have to go through something as radical as getting drunk every other night basically being alcoholic and being depressed I, I don't wish that upon my worst enemy it was one of the darkest periods of my life but watching God's redemption story through that was beautiful. And that's when I started a real relationship because it wasn't until I said, I looked myself in the mirror. I'll never forget this. I was in my basement. It was COVID. It's like the week we came back. I had gained like 15 pounds. And I looked at myself physically. And then I took a step further and looked at myself spiritually. And I asked, Rachel, what are you doing? And when, like, how long is it going to take for you? Like, what's going to be your turning point? And that, it was in that night when I looked at myself, I said, I do not want to feel like this anymore. And I prayed. I said, God, I am so sorry. I just laid it all out. I was like, I've done this with this person. I drank this with this person. I've said this about your name. I haven't talked to these people. I'm just so sorry. And it wasn't until I surrendered and finally had a conversation with him like he was my best friend or like he was my, my Lord, you know, that I finally started to not it wasn't in that night he was like all right here's the whole foundation it was like he finally gave me a brick and i was able to place it and then i was able to mend to it then i got another brick and then i was able to mend with it and then it's, it's a slow it's a slow process that's how god works <laughs> slow but intentional like i'm sure you Very remember every single one of those bricks Woo, that was good <laughs> that was good i really liked how you said um you had to look at yourself in the mirror. God yes. didn't God didn't force your feet to go in the ground. You had to look at yourself in the mirror and you had to realize, bro, what's my life right now? Like, there is no point to me living. Like if I were to die tomorrow, so what? You know, like I, I wouldn't care. Like that's just that's such an a that's such an important first step is you have to make that decision for yourself in order for you to have that relationship with God because you can you can go to any church it don't matter you can go to any church and claim you have a relationship but until you say wow I'm really nothing I I literally can't do anything my life is literally not my own I don't keep my own heart beating that's not possible um but who does what what is it what I I'm I'm sick and tired of making the worst decisions that feel like the right thing in the moment but then they turn for the worst like 15 minutes after the high or whatever and then you're like I'm done I'm I'm awful I'm sick I am tired well thank God that 
God comes for the sick and not for the healthy because Amen. he knows how Amen. to be a heart doctor. And he will tear your heart apart so that he can mend it to be good. And I am living proof. And I honestly, I'm still going through heart surgeries. So I don't <laughs> think I'm ever going to be done. Um, and so that's just, that's beautiful, Rachel. The fact that you had to look at yourself and be like, who the heck am I staring at right now? Because it is not Rachel. And it wasn't, I also want to point out too, I think that sometimes we're scared to turn to God because this was me for a while that it was like I had built this resume of so many sins and so many thoughts and like actions where I was like, oh my gosh, I know I can go to him with my sins, but I've got a scroll and there's so many things on here I have yet to address with him. Like, where do I even start? And I always think that it's, I had this impression that when I was going to give my heart to him that it was the same intensity I was going to come with him at, I was going to receive back and mm. I felt like I was going to be condemned immediately, that it was going to be hit with, well, did you forget this promise? Did you forget this promise? Do you not know who I am? Um, I thought I was just going to be condemned for everything and God just simply, I remember feeling like it was like a hug like cuddling with my cat it was just he was just like you're home <laughs> like the prodigal son oh my man. Gosh. like the prodigal son you said peace out girl scout <laughs> give me my funds i'm gonna go have fun in the city you're out of your funds you're eating with the pigs and you realize oh crap i don't want, i don't i'm nothing i got nothing i can't do anything where can i go for security where can i go to even just eat real food and you're like Oh, but the shame, but the guilt. Oh, oh the enemy will. He hits hard. He reminds you of everything. And it just like, it brings me to tears. That, that moment there, I was just like, I'm so tired of feeling like this. It, it, there wasn't a single word said. He just said, it is you're home. You you're like, home. Welcome home, Rachel. <laughs> Bring it in. Uh, Go kill the fattest cow because we're feasting tonight. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And now look at you. You here. I've prettied up on, in, on a podcast. <laughs> I want to have so many girls. Um, it's, it's great. Yeah, and that's not to say that um, there weren't still challenges. And I, I'm not perfect. I'm, I I wish I could tell you that that was the last time I've sinned. And I'm this whole new person. That's the last time I looked in the mirror and was like, yeah. oh, is that? No, actually, that just happened to me last night. <laughs> <laughs> I looked in the mirror and I was like, good. <laughs> Jesus, I need you. <laughs> So yeah, that was uh, that's the answer to your question, I guess. There we go. I got I got a few more for you. Um, what made you want Jesus? You already knew who Jesus was, but what made you want him? Like, what made you be like, I can't live a single moment without Jesus? I think it was again. I, I mentioned I had gone to these Wednesday night groups with my friends at the time, and we would go to these youth conferences and go to these girls' ministries, like weekend getaway camps. And God was there. You can feel his presence there. And I think having a taste of knowing true peace and tr mm -hmm. true joy the and knowing what a what the goodness of God is, that's exactly it. Just having a taste of that. Again, my first anxiety attack, I remember the heaviness that the enemy brought that night. And I remember thinking, I cannot carry this burden anymore. And I was instantly brought back to when I was 12 years old at a weekend camp and I was just weeping in the presence of God and how light it felt. And I think it was, again, when I asked myself, like, how much longer do you want to feel like this? It was like, 
do you want to feel light or do you want to feel heavy your entire mm-hmm. life? And I was like, I'm sick of carrying this burden. Um, so that was my moment of like, I need Jesus. And again, this is why being grown up with Christ my whole life, I'm so blessed with. Because if I didn't have a taste of what that was, I don't know if I would be sitting here today. Um, who knows? God might have touched me yesterday or would have touched me 20 years down the road. I have no idea. Again, he comes for the brokenhearted. He he loves every single one of us. And he wants to pursue us. But I, I genuinely think if I didn't have a relationship or didn't commit my life to him when I was eight years old in that basement, I, I really don't think I would have had, I don't think I would be here where I am today. Well, that goes into my next question, which is how is your life different? Sitting right here right now, how is your life different than um, what three years ago was? So I guess my like worldly turning point, which is also orchestrated by God 100%, was I had that conversation in my parents' basement uh, during COVID. I said, I don't want to feel like this anymore. And I immediately started just reading and pulling myself away from the sin and the people that I was hang- that I was hanging on to, which is also hard in its own sense. Maybe that could be a topic of itself. How do you remove yourself from sin? But I needed a job because I was like, if I want to start getting on a regular schedule, structured, you know, schedule again, I need a job. And this is just a fun tidbit. I swore I would never work in a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> um, That's funny hilarious. how God, God has a sense of humor, I swear. Anyway, <laughs> I, so the way that it, Chambersburg works is the Chick-fil-A is like directly, I guess, east of the Aldi's. And I applied to work at the Aldi's. They had an open interview process, which I swore was on Friday. I had written it down on my planner. I double-checked the email and the text. It was going to be Friday at 7.30 I was supposed to report. So that's what I did. I woke up at 6, got ready, went to this open interview. And when I pull up, I pulled on the parking spots that were directly facing the Chick-fil-A, and this is important. And when I went to like pull in, I thought, this is funny. Not only is the building pitch black, there's nobody in the parking lot at all, and there's no sign of life at this Aldi's. It's literally just me in an empty parking lot facing this Chick-fil-A. And I'm thinking... This is weird. Like, I read, I checked my planner Friday at 7.30, okay? I checked my phone because it was a text message that was sent to me with the schedule. It was Thursday at 7.30. No. And what was even funnier is I was completely, at the time when I was a freshman, I had no class on Thursday. So I literally had, like, planned my entire day. Friday was my busiest day. So I planned my busiest day around this interview. I, again, God has a sense of humor. And I remember I sat there in my car, like, quite literally, like, what am I supposed to do? This is where I was supposed to work. And I look up, and the Lord said, go apply. And I said, you know I'm not working there. I told you I'm not about to work at no Christian chicken flipping the fillets. No. (laughs) And which is funny, never tell God no. (laughs) Never talk back. But I talked back. I said, absolutely not. You said I was not working there. And he said, do you want a job? And I put my hands down on the counter. I said, please tell me you guys are still hiring. This isn't Chick-fil-A. And the poor worker at the register was like, yeah, applications are over there. I said, great. I'll be back in 30. Took the application, drove back because I needed my social security card and things to fill the application. Filled out the application, went back and said, here, Give me a call when you get a chance. Two days later, I got a call for my first interview. Three weeks later, I'm hired, and it's my first day at the end of February. Mm. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) And ever since then, I cannot thank Chick-fil-A enough because, uh, what, three weeks later I met my fiancé and he radically changed my life in not only keeping me accountable for my habits and me setting goals in my walk with the Lord, um, he just became a friend. I, I, I really just needed a true friend in Christ. And I think in this period, he was my first friend that was like, I want to walk you through this. And he was also the first person when on our first date, I sat him down and I was like, I'm going to, I told myself I'd also never get married. God has a sense of humor. And <laughs> weren't you in like complete sweats on your first date? Complete sweats. I think I just put on makeup and I told my parents, I said, hey, this kid wants to take me on a date. I'm going to go get a free lunch. I'll be back in an hour. I said that before I left. Love you. <laughs> Colin's in the corner. Colin's in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I went and I told him I was just like, I was myself. I was like cussing up a storm. I was wearing sweats. I was like, I'm going to try to deter this kid from everything. So I told him my entire freshman first semester, everything that I did. And I'm thinking he would never want to date a girl like me. Like I'm just too disgusting. And you know what this man said? First of all, to the sweats thing, oh, she feels comfortable around me. I've never had a girl that was so, like, didn't care about the way she looked. This is awesome. She's really secure in herself. Take notes. Then I tell him my testimony, thinking he'll never want to date a girl like me. Wow, she was honest with me. No one's ever been that honest. Wow. Everything I did to deter this man, he instantly fell in love with me, which is, again, God works in crazy ways. Um, but it was in that moment where I was like, wow, I actually have like a real friend for once. And we were just friends for the first month of our relationship. We didn't hug. I don't even think we held hands for the first month. We purely just talked at work. I drove him home because he has epilepsy. And for the first like six weeks of us talking, he didn't, he couldn't drive because he had had a seizure back in August. Um, so it was just like, again, it's. God is so good, and he orchestrates these plans on, like, if it wasn't for his seizure seizure and those car rides, we wouldn't have been able to get to know each other like we did. And if it wasn't for me missing that interview date, I wouldn't have worked at Chick-fil-A. And now I'm one of the managers um, and engaged to my fiancé and met my best friend and starting a ministry. So that was, so I guess post um, coming to God at my turning point, I just said, God, like, I want my life to be yours, and I just want you to help me create discipline and accountability, and it blossomed into so much more, like, again, he has plans for not just, like, him, but for your well-being, and to give you hope, and, oh, uh, mm, he's just read. so good, he's let me, so good. Let me read straight from the word, if you want to open up your Bible, so <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. If he didn't have plans to give you hope in the future, then I don't know what your whole life is then. Like, that's insane. And this, the following verses, verse 12 and 13. I'm going to skip to 13. You will seek me and find me. Again, knock and keep on knocking. Like, if you go to him, it wasn't until I made that first ever had that conviction of, how much longer do you want to live like this? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to turn to? And he completely revealed who he was to me. Um, you will, 
you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I Ooh. did that. Let's keep reading. Hold on. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. And in my version, it says, I will restore your uh, fortunes. Hey, yo. And not, not only did he give me hope, which is all I was asking for, he gave me so much more. Again, glory to God. He's so good. But it wasn't, again, if I didn't have my sand moment where I was completely eradicated and he everything that I found comfort in he got rid of immediately but then replaced it and planted seeds that I we both attended to at the same time and cultivated and it's just been well I just said yes he's done the rest um so I would encourage you guys today if you're kind of stuck with well I don't know if I want to try this Christian thing out just say yes He's so good. <laughs> I gotta say, I mean, what's, what's the worst you're gonna lose? I mean, <laughs> to be honest, you, you might rot in hell if you don't say yes. So, <laughs> and again, do you want to feel heavy or do you want to feel the goodness and the lightness that he brings? So, I guess in the Spark Notes version, that's my testimony. Yeah. Unless you had any more questions, that's about it. I mean, that's power already. So JJ, that's me. Same thing. I'm gonna ask her a few questions. Um, so I'm going to ask my second question first. When was your surrender moment or the way that we put it, when did you allow God to be the driver and you to be the passenger princess? Oh. <laughs> this is so uncomfortable. <laughs> I'll be honest, this is just really uncomfortable, but I know that like it, needs to, it. it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's see. Started walking with the Lord. Okay, I'm going to say, quote-unquote, walking, because I got a piece of candy if I said I was a Christian in church. I mean, like, let's be honest here. So, started going to church. Mom and Dad always brought us to church, um, my sister and I, at, like, eight. And, like, at the age of eight. And uh, I just did the church thing, you know? Just went to church on Sundays. Lived my life Monday through Saturday. You know, whatever. No devotion, no nothing like that. And then high school hit. And people started to um, make fun of me because I was that Christian girl I had never cussed before. Oh, they wouldn't. I, if I were to have a drink in my hand, then oh, hell would break loose, basically. Like, I was just, I had that stereotype on top of me. And it sucked because as someone who's a people person and who wants to always be with people 24-7, whenever you're rejected from somebody because of your faith and you depend on that attention so much, you're like, oh, well, screw my faith. You know, what, what are we doing tonight? You know, like, I want to be accepted by you guys. And um, that's whenever the sand, like the hurricane started and the sand started giving way because... Uh, just like a long story short, I'm also a part of the dance, this dance ministry, and currently am at my home church. And I was an instructor at the at the time, like a dance teacher, through high school. Like I think this is like tenth, eleventh grade, something like that. And um, talk about two face, <laughs> like wanting to live my life for the Lord on the weekends, and then Monday through Friday, it was that party girl at high school. I mean, like, just trying to fit in with anyone who would even give me attention. And I, I'm talking about guys, too. Like, it was it was hard. And then it got to the point around junior year where I was 
coming in hungover. <laughs> like, it was just, like, coming to go do ministry after dancing with the devil the night before. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to put it to that extent, but that's, like, basically what it was. And so because of that, I struggled with people-pleasing. I struggled so hard with saying no. I depended on the attention of other people that my faith was just something on my list. You know, it wasn't much of anything. And it was really hard because I lost a lot of relationships. Thankfully, some of them have restored. The good ones that I needed have been restored, but other ones are just gone to the wind, which is okay because they weren't healthy in the first place. (laughs) But um, needless to say, I think a big part of my testimony was just becoming impure at the age of 16 and giving to alcohol and partying. Um, Got into pot a little bit. That was the season. (laughs) So it, it... it was all just to fit in. I didn't crave it. I was never, oh, let's go, let's, let's go and rob the drugstore. You know, I was never that person. I was raised in a church for crying out loud. Like, I got a golden star if I could tell you the books of the Bible. Like, that was my excitement up until the age of 15. And then, like, things just went downhill because I did not have that rock. I did not have that relationship with God. I didn't know what that even meant because all my relationships were trash so why would I want a relationship with God if all my other ones have been trash I don't have anything basically is what I was feeling so yeah the things just started racking up in high school and um, it's one of those things where you just kind of bearing it under the rug you're like oh I know this is bad but it's like I'll deal with it whenever the time comes well the time came and it was COVID and COVID was as much as it was a curse for a lot of people, it was a blessing for me because it took me out of some bad situations. Basically, it just kind of took me out of some of the friend groups that I did not belong in and showed me the ugly faces of the world. <clears throat> so, I'm slowly finding God again. I think what it just was, was I was just bored. I generally just, it was COVID. I was stuck in my house, you know, and my Bible was collecting dust. It was the King James Bible, so, you know, that can only get so far. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it's the Bible, and it will hit people, but for me, it was just a, a turn-off for me. So, just then I discovered podcasts, and I was like, oh, that'd be cool. You know, I love talking. I'm a people person. That'd be awesome. Let me look, try a podcast. So, I bought, like, a $15 mic online, and it was terrible. Not the mic, but, like, me talking into it. I was stuttering over everything because it was not coming from God. It was coming from my own want to do something. So, therefore, it was trash. And it didn't last very long. Everything is deleted. It was terrible. So, um, then COVID kind of started to settle down. And some friends found me. And we they were, like, friends from church and stuff. So, we... I started realizing, oh, wait, I don't have to cuss every other sentence to be accepted by you guys. This feels kind of good, you know? Like, this is, this is, I feel like I'm not affording an image. And so then, um, a couple years down the road, there was this festival called Uprise. Um, It's held in Shippensburg, PA, and uh, the Lord... This is so cool, you guys, sorry. The Lord (laughs) was working in a way that I was not expecting because the 
Oh man, okay, so Friday. This is literally a movie. Like, this yeah. could not have happened. Friday. So, I was talking to this guy and on, on Thursday. The, the concert was a two day concert, it was a Saturday and Sunday. I was talking to this guy on a Thursday, and the Lord awoke into me. He was, he, he was like, JJ, why are you talking to this guy? And I'm like, I don't know. Then I realized it was because I was getting attention. You know, it was, all, it was a Snapchat thing, whatever. But I was going, I had plans to go visit him that weekend. And he was not, he, I had to take a plane, as, let's just say, to get to him. Like, it was a, he, it was a long time. And the Lord told me to cancel. And instantly, every single feeling I had just went away. Every single emotion I had, every single like want for that attention from this guy went away. And I was like, whew, what now? And then my sister, she's like, hey, JJ, I have an extra ticket for this weekend. You want to come? Because we also need someone to drive us. <laughs> I was like, sure, I'd love to go and be your driver. So we went to this Christian concert in Upri- called Uprise, and um, I was not supposed to be there. I was supposed to be somewhere else, but the Lord wanted me to be there. So I, I, lo and behold, I'm here, and it was like three hours into the concert. I'm having a great time with my friends, and I meet someone that changed my life. Uh, I met someone who I didn't even see their face, and just the way that they worshipped, I was like, I got to go talk to them. So I went and talked to them, and let's just say that it was the most, that was whenever my windshield moment happened. That was whenever it hit me and I was like, I really don't know what I'm doing. Mm. I really don't know what the heck this is about. Um, this person showed me a lot in life. They showed me how to, um, how does, how to eat. First off, how to say no, how to stand up for myself. Like, this person was sent from the Lord, I will say, for my testimony. It was so beautiful. So it was about a year of, of growing with this. And I, within this year, I had realized that I struggled with codependency. I realized that I have people-pleasing problems. I realized that I've been living a religion for the past 20 years of my life. Um, all these different things, I've realized that I just kind of say stuff to feel the air to feel accepted by other people and I was living this image but deep down I was like screaming for help and but I wouldn't say that I was screaming for help because that would make me look like I'm not I don't have my shoes double knotted basically like it was it was bad so then um here it comes whenever Rachel this is Rachel's looking in the mirror moment and again, I wouldn't wish this upon anybody, but if it does happen to you, write it down so you don't forget about it because it's amazing. Um, it was New Year's Eve just this past year, and I was going through a breakup, and it was really hard. And uh, it was like 11.30 at night, and I'm there. All my friends are out. They're out having fun, whatever. I did not want to go anywhere. And I'm laying there in my bed, so sad. Like, I just... You know, just like that depressive kind of feeling, like, oh, what is my life? <laughs> I'm sitting here on New Year's Eve with nothing to do. I'm brokenhearted. God, I feel like you're 15 football fields away. Like, mm. life sucks right now. And so I'm, I'm trying to go to bed. I'm like listening to music to try and like distract my brain so I can just get this night over with. Because there was this verse that says joy will come in the morning. And I'm like, I just need the morning to come right now. Mm. Because this night sucks. Uh, 
well, so fun. So then I'm, you know, listening to my tunes and I feel this nudge. It wasn't a voice. It was like, a, it was like that annoying nudge, kind of like you got to go to the bathroom kind of nudge. But mm-hmm. this nudge was like a go put on a prom dress. <laughs> And I'm like, excuse you? (laughs) I put on no prom dress at 11.30 at night. Are you kidding me? No. So I I said no. So I continued to try and fall asleep. Again, don't talk back to God. Exactly. (laughs) I didn't know it was God. I just thought it was like my my girly girl coming out. You know, let's go get all dressed up. No. So I was like, no, I'm not getting a prom dress. That's dumb. So I... But the nudge just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And all of a sudden, I started craving, like, putting mascara on and doing my hair and all these things, putting on some heels. And I'm like, fine. So I rip off my blanket. <laughs> and I'm just getting ready with the most attitude filled. Like, I'm slamming the doors. I'm like, I don't want to do this, but I just have to do it. I just don't want to do it. I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> so I put on my sister's prom dress. And because I was the only one that was upstairs at the time. Which she won prom queen in. Yeah, that's my sister, by the way. So, <laughs> anyway, so I put, I did my hair, I put mascara on, I put my high heels on, and I was like, about like 10 minutes past five. So it's like 11.45, 11.50 now. And I'm looking at myself in like my mirror, and I'm like, well, this was fun. I'm, uh, I'm going back to bed. And then I felt someone said, and it was God, he said, turn around. And I go, okay. So I turn around, and like, I did not see my physical features. Like, I mean, like I saw it, but like that wasn't what I was looking at. I was looking at a legit princess who was dressed up in this beautiful and elegant dress, who had her hair perfectly done. Her eyes were popping in her mascara. You know, <laughs> I mean, she had just this beautiful feminist like just love to her, she's gentle, she was kind, um, she wanted nothing but the best for other people, but she knew that God was her Lord and Savior, and she was going to do anything that she could to make sure that everyone knew who God was and who mm-hmm. he has done in people in my life, or in this girl's life, for other people, because people just need to know there's power in the name of Jesus, and I was feeling mm-hmm. all these things over me, and I was, I was like, I got, I was paralyzed. It was one of those things where like, I fell straight to the floor and I just started weeping and crying because it was in that moment that I realized how God sees me 24-7. And that's whenever God spoke to me like that deep, like, raspy, you know, like, God voice saying, <laughs> like, gentle is like, this is who you are, JJ. You are not that person who is in her bed at 11.30 at night, not out with her friends, who was worthless and who just got broken, like broken hearted. You are not that person. You are a child of God. <laughs> you are a princess of my kingdom. You're the value that holds inside of you is so valuable that nothing, nothing can ever come close to how valuable you are in my eyes. And when I tell you I was shaking, I was paralyzed, I was uh, just crying, and then I hear fireworks, <laughs> so there I am, like with mascara all down my face, and there's fireworks going on in the background, and I'm just like, look like a dead person on the floor. It was quite the scene, but that is whenever I found out, that's whenever God gave me my first brick, and whenever I started to be, start building that foundation of stone, because... I went to bed that night 
And I woke up and there was joy in the morning, let me tell you. There was Amen. so much joy in that morning. I opened up my Bible that I had gotten. It was not the King James one. It was like an NIV one that I had gotten within that past year. And I started reading. And when I tell you those words were glowing, those words were glowing because they were hitting hard. And um, that's whenever... I was like, okay, I'm taking this serious, man. I am broken. On to Amazon we go. Struggling with codependency workbook. Search. <laughs> it was the very first book. I ordered it. Started working through it. Um, I reached out to some mentors that I haven't talked to in years. And they, like, responded within seconds. And they were like, yo, let's go get some coffee. And I'm like, I really need some coffee in Jesus right now. And um, when I tell you that, like, I started seeing life completely different. Like, I started becoming so grateful for what I had right there and right now. I started to become so less worried about my occupation and my, oh, because fun fact, at this time of my life, which was like three months, Jan, you know, January, yeah. um, I had transferred to four different colleges with four different degrees, trying to please anyone and everyone who came into my way because I was being, um, my life was being painted out for me to go into the military. My life was being painted out to go into the medical field. My life was being painted out to where I could depend on my own. I don't need no man because I'm an individual woman. You know, that's like, that was who, the words that were coming into my brain. And that's who I constructed my future to be. And that is not at all what God had in store. But I was like, God, your plans aren't as good as what the bills can pay. But I was going to school to pay my bills, but not to pay my purpose in life, you know? Ooh, that's good. So, I mean... That's good. That came from the Lord, by the way. <laughs> that, that came from the Lord. So That's good. So, like, I, uh, I changed. So, I started working at Chick-fil-A about a year ago. Um, I hated... I did not... So, I was I was a manager at a previous fast food restaurant, and it, I... No. <laughs> not for me. Not the manager type girl. So... <laughs> I'm, I'm working at a, I'm, I'm working over the summer at this camp, and um, I'm not getting paid or nothing like that. So then a uh, few phone calls intermixed, and I get a phone call from the operator of this Chambersburg Chick-fil-A, and he's like, hey, you want to come in for an interview? And, I can, and I'm thinking in my mind, no. No, I'm not working at a fast food restaurant. I know that y'all are Christian. I know that y'all love the Lord. I know that I'll have my Sundays off, but no. No. (laughs) And I remember looking at God, and I'm like, no, absolutely not. And like Rachel said, you don't tell God no. (laughs) You don't do that. So so the operator persists to be like, okay, well, why don't you know whenever whenever you're ready, come on in. Um, I'll be at the store this time and this time. And so then I came in. By the grace of God, I did. I was throwing a temper the whole entire time. I was, like, driving to Chick-fil-A, which is a 30-minute drive, and I'm like, God, I don't want to. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. And so I walked in, and I had my interview, and the operator was like, all right, well, you're hired. So, you know, tell me when you want to start, and we can make you start. Like, it doesn't matter. I just had one interview. So I started, and for the first three months, I had no purpose on being there. They were offering me, like, different positions at work and I'm like no I honestly wouldn't care if I quit right now like I wouldn't care if I walked out right now I don't care about this job and then I get an email well first then I meet some really awesome people and they really helped me out including this girl right here like just made some really cool connections um but I was too busy thinking about myself I never that I was not paying attention to that and then I get an email 
that says, Chick-fil-A is partnering with Point University, and if you work 25 hours a week, you can get free college. And I'm like, did you say free, free? <laughs> you, because, said for free. You, said, you said free. You said free. Like, like <laughs> we're talking about school right now. And they were like, so I, I pulled the operator aside, and I was like, you ain't playing with me, right? Like, you realize I have been hopping from college to college trying to find my purpose? And he's like, what can I say? <laughs> the Lord's got a hand in this, so started looking at the degree options and they had a Christian ministry I didn't even like they had it like A through Z and Christian ministry was in the C aspect of it I didn't even look through D through Z I, I was like oh that's me right there so I started like <laughs> three weeks later yeah super easy and ever since then it's been challenging don't get me wrong it's still college it's still school it's still is a pain in the butt um but Whenever you go to school for something that you know is fulfilling your purpose on life, it starts singing. You just start actually looking forward to doing school. Um, and so I said all of that because my life now, I have no idea where my finances are going to be. I have no idea. I don't have no 401k. <laughs> the, the engine light's on in my car right now. I mean, I am just coasting, and I know what boat I'm coasting in, and that is the boat of Christ. And Christ, Christ is the one who controls the seas, so why would I be afraid of falling or sinking or a hole being in my boat? Because it's the boat of Christ. He created the oceans for crying out loud. He calms the storms. He, he literally, you have nothing you are in control of nothing. Yeah, you can pick what breakfast you want. Yeah, you can pick what kind of shoes you're going to wear with your outfit that day. But other than that, your life is not your own. I hate, like, that's hard to hear because all of you guys who are prideful out there, and I'm speaking to myself, it is hard to hear that you are not in charge of your life, that you are not in charge of the job that you're going to get in the future. You are not in charge on the health of your spouse or the health of your kids or the health of your family. That is not in your hands. You cannot touch someone without Christ rolling through your veins and heal them. Like, Christ has to be through your veins in order for you to heal people. Like, so that is what I am doing. Thank you guys for listening, first of all. That is a snapshot of who we are, how we came to Christ, and how we came to this ministry. Thank you guys for listening. We're officially powering 